Hello and welcome to the DJ Force 10 In Conversation podcast, episode 137. And my special guest today, kicking off this brand new week of podcasts, is none other than Andy Bolton from the band Tokyo Blade. They have just released their brand new album, Dark Revolution, and it is fantastic. I recommend highly going to listen to it right now, going to stream it, going to however you consume your music, buy the, buy the record, buy it, buy it. You know, if you love your heavy metal, you'll love this album. Um, it's very much up there this year with with the Firewind album that's just been released as well. We had Gus G on the show not long ago. Um, it's great. I'm loving. I'm loving this like resurgence of of, of heavy metal, um, and it's great. It's great. I love it. I love it. Uh, shout out to last week's uh, guests as well, uh, Mike and Ming uh, from Comic Book Band in the Shared Universe, Fire Schwans, uh, Bloodhounds, Hubris, and DJ Woody, which kicked off my brand new DJ series on every Friday, where we're going to have a guest DJ come in, um, and we're going to talk shop basically. Um, and it's not just going to be scratch DJs either. Um, I've lined up all kinds of DJs, radio DJs, club DJs, all that kind of stuff. So we're going to have plenty of those to kind of, if that's something you're interested in, um, please obviously continue to download and listen. But Friday's going to be my DJ days. So awesome on that front. Um, anyone who's uh, listening across any of the platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, etc., please, if you could leave a rating for the show, that would be awesome. I'm trying to get these shows to to crop up the little charts area um just so we can get some of these bands a little bit more exposure than they're getting already um just so yeah just so it's basically for the bands and obviously i know it helps myself i'm not going to deny that for anyone listening going oh <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah obviously it does help but i really want to get some of those ratings in and if you leave a review and stuff i'll give you a shout out on the show as well um which is fantastic uh or i think is fantastic i've seen uh um a few sort of ratings go up which is great but i'd like some words as well if you if you're feeling you know wordy that would be great uh, but yeah, without much further ado, I'm going to leave you with Andy and myself in this interview. I hope you guys enjoy. I'd like to welcome to my show today, I've got Andy Bolton. Uh, he is uh, founder and guitarist of Tokyo Blade. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you very much. No problem at all. How are you doing today, Andy? Well, you know, under the current situation, um, consider, all things considered, <laughs> not too bad. Not too badly. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, it's it's a weird time at the moment. Um, it's uh, Yeah, it's weird talking about, like, like, promotional stuff and things for, like, albums and things like you've got out um it's just sort of like because you all you guys are at home at the moment so i'm like it's kind of good but it's also kind of weird so <laughs> it's uh yeah. yeah it's uh um, it's strange for us because um i mean in some ways it's good because it's given me you know so much time to actually create yeah um actually get get right into to um writing for the next album which um which is good uh but um you know the, at the end of the day the, the you know, everybody's thoughts, I'm sure, really with the people that have lost people and the, the health workers and, you know, the, the terrible tragedies that people have had to endure through it. Yes. Um, it's, a, it's an awful thing. It, it is but, indeed, yeah. But, you know, together we'll kick its ass and we'll oh. get back to normal. 
Yeah, totally, totally. That's that's my sort of like uh, trying to like whenever I'm feeling a bit like you know a bit like bogged down by it or anything. I always know like you know we can get through this. I've got a family, you know. I've had people close to me that have been affected by this, but you know I know this will pass. Um, it's just got to be taken day by day rather than you know. Um, yeah, as a yeah. as an overall picture. So absolutely, that's yeah. all we can. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we're, we're here today to talk about your guy's new album, um, which is actually out on Friday as we're recording this. Um, <laughs> um, it's, it's called Dark Revolution, um, and it's your yep. uh, ninth studio album uh, from Tokyo yep. Blade. You guys have been going for quite some time. Um, but I must say this album is particularly good. It really, like... Because... Uh, I sort of like when I go through when I get sent these releases and stuff I go through and and I just sort of put them on as sort of like background noise if you yeah. will and anything that really takes my fancy I like I suddenly start paying full attention to it um and okay. like unbeknownst to me like your first song off the album um uh, story of a nobody i started singing along to it the first time i heard it <laughs> it was instantly catchy it was just it just had that instant hook for me uh and i was like you know what i want to get these guys in because uh, and i listen and then obviously i continue to listen to the rest of the album really love uh perfect enemy um and uh, i'm trying to think of the other song names uh well there was a few on there um <laughs> but no it's, it's it's really a powerful album i'm like um I've, I've i've obviously i've been aware of you guys for quite some time like i say you've been going for a while you've got a few albums out so i went back and listened to a few of your older albums and stuff but i really found this one to be like just really like it instantly grabbed me was that something that you felt like sort of making it i think um i, I yeah i i do um Alan is Alan. I write all the music um, and basically put the song together. Um, and I've got a home studio where you know that all happens and takes place. And then I throw the basically the completed song at Alan. Um, but all it is is you know the, the kind of what I've got in mind for the verse, the bridge, and the chorus. Yeah, and, it, and that's it. He writes all the melodies and all the lyrics. So he, he normally takes it away and then comes back. And Alan's. Um, Big strength has always been hooks. You know, he's always very. He puts a lot of time and effort into, into, you know, getting a good sort of catchy, hooky chorus. Yeah. Uh, on on songs, and um, I think yeah, I I I, I think the, the 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 big difference between this and the and the, the last uh, the, the the big difference for us came with having the original lineup back together. Yeah. Um, and when the original lineup came back together, and I was working with Alan again. Uh, of course, Alan and I wrote the first and the second album together, uh, which were the two albums that kind of got Tokyo Blade out into the out into the limelight. Mm. Um, and so, working with Alan again is is a joy. And I, and I think we would have had uh, with with um, Unbroken the album just before this. I, uh, the only thing that I, I felt with Unbroken was that um, the the mix. On the, I didn't actually do the mix. I recorded the album. That was all recorded here. Yeah. Um, but the mix was done by somebody else, and and that was really because I I hadn't ever really mixed a commercial release before. Okay. Um, and I was a little bit apprehensive about doing it, and I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to let somebody else that's kind of, uh, you know, a bit further up the line do this. <laughs> it it was a good mix, but I think it was a bit. It, it was. Uh, it was safe. It was a very safe mix. It, yeah. it, it, there was power in anything. 
Um, and that's what I, I really felt was lacking. And, uh, you know, Alan said to me, look, I think you could mix it. And I think you could mix it better than that. Um, you know, the original demos that we did were, were more were, were, had more kick and had more power in them. Mm. Um, and I think that's what we should do for Dark Revolution. So that was the the conscious decision as regards the, the overall sound of things. Um, and then I think, you know, um, world events and, and, you know, Alan and I are, are both got very similar views sort of politically and socially and, and uh, as regards, you know, all of the issues that, which, that concern everybody or certainly should concern everybody, yeah. which is, you know, people's freedoms being stripped away, you know, under the name of terrorism, um, the, the decimation of the planet, the, the, the large-scale disasters we've seen recently. And I think that certainly influenced Alan and, and, and I to, to write something that was perhaps... Um, more, much more aggressive than um, an album than Unbroken. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think, yeah. So I think that's where it all came from, I, and I think we were aware that it was. I mean, in, in places, I, Alan would say to me, "Do you think you know he would play? He would come in and and come over and do his vocals, and um, he'd record his vocals, and he'd finish doing like the, a verse and bridge and a chorus, and then he'd stick his head out of the out of the the, the vocal booth and say to me." Um, do you think that's too angry? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't think it's too angry. I think you're fine. <laughs> don't worry about it. And I used to keep telling him that, you know, if, if he went in and he tried to tame it down, I'd say, oh, you're losing the girl factor. We need more girl in it. You know? <laughs> so, I, so I think that was the big, you know, that was the, probably the biggest difference yeah, I mean it's it's definitely there to to hear in in as much like like I said I went back and listened and this this album like instantly kind of it does have that power element. It is a lot more aggressive. It's kind of harks back to sort of like earlier days where you had kind of had that raw raw sound to you. Um yeah, but I was just sort of like you know getting back together with with like um, original lineups and stuff like that. Like you said, you got back with Alan and everything. What was that kind of like? What was that kind of like you know back together writing again? I know it was kind of on and off throughout the well, history of Tokyo Blade, but what what was it kind of like? You know, having this lineup still like almost I was almost forty years later. It's you know it's quite a testament. Well, it is, and it and it's kind of it's kind of like. You know, the loser, to use a cliche, it's kind of like an old shirt. <laughs> you know, it might have a few holes in it, and it might it might not be the, the best shirt in the world. It might not be perfect, but it's comfortable. Yeah, and you feel comfortable in it, and you, you know, that's that that's how I would put it. Um, it, it it's more, it's more, it's easier now than it was back then. For a variety of reasons, but I think one of the one of the reasons would would have to be that you know when you're younger, you 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 tend to be. I think people say you get less tolerant when you get older, mm. but I think I think really with with people that you know, you get more tolerant when you get older because you understand. So when you're younger, you know you have your your arguments and your falling outs and everything else, and you think, oh, that guy's such a twat, you know, yeah. and you you get be uptight about it, you know, and that goes for for what they would think about me. <laughs> so, um, and then as you get older, you you kind of just accept, oh, that's the way he is, you know, and you you, you don't you don't kind of um, take it at heart so much. It's difficult being a musician because, in, in from, for many reasons, 
But one of the reasons is, you know, that, that musicians are a, a, a kind of a, we are an odd bunch. We are a, we do think out of the box a bit, and we do um, we do have you know problems with um, wanting our own way mm. and being sort of temperamental and that whole kind of thing. I wouldn't say so much ego driven. I don't think there's any egos in the band at all. Um, we're, we're very, I mean, we're very down to it because that's who we are. We're just guys that make records and play instruments. We're yeah. not, you know, we're not gods or anything. So, um, and it's always very nice when the fans meet us that, you know, they say, oh, you know, you're so down to earth. You're so easy to get on with. And we're like, well, sure. Yeah, we, we, we're, we're nothing. We're just who we are, you know. We're people, you know. <laughs> we're people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, when, you get up the, when you get up the ladder, it, it, it's, it's very easy for some people to sort of lose sight of that and lose sight of their own identity and get sort of sucked into this world of, you know, oh, I'm a, I'm a kind of megastar. I deserve to be treated like this and I deserve <laughs> this, deserve that. And, it, you know, and then unfortunately a lot of them then just become assholes. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 it's, it's part of, you know, some of that is, is, is the, is the lifestyle and the, the, kind of weirdness of it really i suppose <laughs> yeah there is a there is a weird bubble around it i've i mean i've had my brushes with 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 um the music industry in the past being actively part of it and obviously doing things like this with interviews but um yeah no definitely i mean when i was younger there was a lot of uh you know there, there, there was it was kind of i don't know it was a kind of wash between ego and and a vision if you will like you have a certain vision for certain creative aspects and your vision must be carried out the way you want you know i, yeah. I had that like early days in my sort of like musical career over the years like you say you sort of start building up a sort of like i, I don't know if it's tolerance or if you just stop caring you know, you still appreciate what you're making, but you just don't, you, you understand the process. You do get understanding. You understand that where this person is right now compared to where you are right now and, and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sort of one of these people that's, that's, um, I, I'm hyper creative. Mm. Um, and, and it's something that I, it's just in me. I can't do anything about it. It's, it's been there from day one. It's always been there. And, Alan used to call, and back in the back old days, Alan used to call me. Well, Alan actually said to me one day, um, he was asking me about some riff that I played the day before, and I said, oh, I don't know. And he said, oh, fucking hell, Mr. Disposable. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean, Mr. Disposable? What do you mean by that? And he said, yeah, he said, the minute you've done something, you're on to the next thing, and you, you, you've like, yeah, I've done that. And, and I am like that. Um, and I'm now at the age where I can appreciate that other people aren't. So whilst I might get frustrated at people's um, procrastination, mm. thinking, oh, come on, why don't they want to get over here and get this done? I also take the line that oh, they're, not, they're not you. It's you that wants this. It's you that wants to create this, get it finished, move on to the next thing. They're still kind of bathing in what, we, what, what, what they've got at the moment. Mm. So kind of that sort of situation. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, and I, I totally, I totally align with that. I'm just like, uh, it's actually good to hear from someone that's been, was in the, is still in the music industry. I say longer than I was. I was in it for about ten, fifteen years myself. But yeah. it, it's just sort of like, you know, it's great, you know, and and, and I'm always interested to sort of like um, hear about like how you've sort of witnessed the, the the industry change over the over the years you've been active, because like going back to sort of the early days of where record sales were quite dominant. Um, um, and then coming through the sort of like, you know, we're coming out, I guess, the other side of the digital era at the moment. 
Um, mm. But I kind of like when I was in the music industry, I was kind of at the, at the cusp of of iTunes becoming uh, a platform, a big platform for sales, um, yeah. and 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 piracy sort of becoming a bit a bit easy, well, say a bit easier to do. It was easy before you could record stuff on a tape. Um, it was just uh, you could get access to a lot more online. Um, but no, I was just curious as to sort of see how how you sort of like how you've adapted, you know, because obviously you came up in the industry, like I say, when when record sales were what people really looked at, um, and and as to now, you know, where you're sort of you're promoting an album now how has that changed for you guys yeah good, very good point very good question um it in terms of if financially it's made no difference to us whatsoever because we, we got ripped off so bad by our record company in the early days <laughs> we never saw a penny um so and we haven't seen a penny since so or, or very little i mean it to be not even worth mentioning yeah. you know what out of out of um out of four years of doing this, so I guess that the, the you know the, the the big question would be, um, particularly in this day and age with, with digital downloads. And as you say, you know it was easy enough back in the day to tape an album, but you couldn't distribute it to anybody except for your friends. Yeah, that's true. Now go online and and you'll find it. You'll find it. You know whether you go on Pirate Bay or you know it'll be there. Yeah, and if it, not there, you know. You've got Russians and Chinese, like basically copying your albums, forging them, and selling them on eBay. It, you know it, it, that shit happens. Yeah. And um, so, you know, the question would be, I think, for a lot of people, is why bother? And certainly, a lot of bands take that um, attitude towards it and say, "Well, we might as well give the fucking thing away. We're not going to sell any to make it worth, you know, worthwhile. So, if we're going to do another album, let's just do it and then just give it away. Mm. That's fine." I get that, um, and that's fine. And if we were in their situation financially, yeah. we'd be doing the same. Um, unfortunately, they're going out and charging, say, you know, two hundred quid a ticket to see them. That we know when they tour, yep. uh, <laughs> we don't get two hundred quid a ticket when we go out. No. <laughs> so we've got to try and at least get, you know, at least get the record company's money money back. I mean. Technically, because I have my own studio, it hasn't cost us a penny to do this album other than my time. Yeah. Which, again, some people would say, I'm not going to give up my time to, to do something that I'm not going to get paid for. Well, if you're creative, you, that, that money is the last. Money isn't my God, frankly. Yeah. Um, which is just as well. <laughs> it's it's not my God. I, I'm not. Into, I, I have no interest in money. If I've got it, I spend it. If I don't, I don't. And it's as simple as that. Mm. So... Um, I'm just happy to, ca- to carry on creating, and, and one of the things that keeps me creating, keeps me at, at the moment so um, so productive with, with creation is I don't know how much longer I'll be doing this for. You know, um, next year I'll be sixty. How long before I get arthritis? You know, yeah. will I get taken out by this virus? Will I get hit by a bus tomorrow? I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, whilst I've still got it in me and I've got the facilities to do it, I, I want to create that's what i want to do you know no that's that's i mean you've got a passion for the creative there which is which is absolutely amazing still you know you've had 
a lot of time in this industry and a lot of people are kind of like you know can get very jaded um obviously you've had experience of being that with with your early labels sort of mm. making sure that you well not making sure well, yeah just making sure they got all the money um you know and 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 you know it's tough enough out there of just trying to sort of like make ends meet as a musician anyway um but obviously over the years you've kind of like worked out ways of you know letting that creative process work for you in certain aspects you know through whatever music you're making not just with um with tokyo blade but you know if you're doing any other sort of like other outlets you know and i i know a few musicians that do stuff for like television and film and you know they just write certain things just to have like on an advert kind of thing so yeah yeah, I mean, there's people that do do that kind of thing. I mean, I've done a couple of albums recently with a couple of friends of mine, uh, both vocalists. One was uh, one was um, with Chris Gillen, who was um, sing was vocalist for Tokyo Bay for a short while. Mm. Um, Chris is from Detroit, and we met we met when I was over in the states because I was over there for some time, and um, we met and we had a, a very mutual respect for each other and a great friendship. So we did an album called Gillen and the Villains. Which is released, mm. um, I think, on iTunes and CD Baby, and it's it's definitely on YouTube. Cool. Um, which I'm currently remixing at the moment because I wasn't. It, it was again. It wasn't mixed by me. It was actually mixed at Abbey Road, but neither uh-huh. um, did it. Didn't do a terrifically good job of it. <laughs> I'm remixing that, um, and I've also done an album to be released on Dissonance um, later on this year with another friend of mine, Adrian O'Shaughnessy. Um, and that's that's uh, you know so, you know something else. It's not. It's it's still hard rock. I mean that's that's what I do. I mean yeah. it would be silly of me to try and start doing you know something with funk or, or something. <laughs> it wouldn't be any point. Um, so you know that's you know that keeps those things keep me busy and keep me you know and there's there's no pressure with you know with those. I'm never going to have to tour with those bands and they're not my. Neither of those bands or those projects are my priority. My mm. priority is obviously Tokyo Blade because Tokyo Blade is a you know has a name and Tokyo Blade is a, a, a known a known quantity. Yeah. Um, the bands starting up now, it, it, it's it, it it must be in a lot of ways very soul destroying because because they go into it know, knowing they're going to earn jack shit from yeah. sales. You know, they can do an album and then you know they're going to be lucky if they recoup from it. Yeah. Um, uh- and and the sort of payouts from like the sort of other the new like ways of releasing music aren't that great either. Um, no, you know, no, no. So it's it's a it's a very, it's a difficult very difficult time, you know, to to be a, a new band and to get the uh, you know in in some ways you can get exposure more easily now because of the internet. But mm. in other in other ways, you you've still got to get people coming to your website or coming to your SoundCloud page or or, yeah. or your Facebook page, whatever, you know, to build up that, that following. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. And- it's, it's 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 weird. It's like a level playing field. But when it comes to mm. releasing things now, which which it wasn't before, it was always kind of like a label. Someone would have to pay for press, you know, all the kind of ins and outs of that. But now you can like you can get like say you can get a CD Baby or whatever to just basically instantly distribute your music, um, and it goes out to all the sort of like platforms that are available to people. Um, but it's it's still there's still an element of of of. I think people are still they're still learning. There are ways of obviously getting good promotion, but it's sort of it's very still very foggy. I feel. Yeah, and you know, it's getting people um, 
you know, the, 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 the criminals, obviously, are the corporations. Mm. Um, corporations like Spotify and, and all, the, all of these other platforms that are paying peanuts um, to the artists. Mm. Um, and that's, that's going to... The problem is going to come um, when the big guys get too old to do it anymore. Um, and then you're going to have bands around that are not going to be able to make any money at all. They're not going to make any money out of live work. They're not going to make any money out of sales. I mean, you'd have to sell a phenomenal amount on iTunes to, to make anything worth even having. Mm. Um, publishing rights are worth nothing, next to nothing these days um, also. Yeah. So it's... It, it, <sighs> Personally, I don't think it's a, it's a good you know it's a good time for music. Personally, no, but I think I think it's coming round. That's the that's the sort of like positives I see for it because I see like the physical product becoming um, dominant again, which is right. what which I think is is great because that's like it's a real like especially as a music collector, I love like, like I love vinyl. Yeah, you know, my vinyl is my thing. It always has been for the forty years I've yeah. been alive. Um, yeah. And, and you know, when bands release stuff on vinyl, that's the one I go to these days because it's like back, like back owning sort of like a, a, an album that was just released on a digital format. You know, I, I didn't feel like I owned it in any way. Not that, you know, I like owning a piece of art, you know. And- that, absolutely. That's a really good point. Um, and as a matter of fact, I've probably got almost two terabytes of music. And I can tell you now that three quarters of that that I've downloaded, mm. I've never even listened to, because it doesn't have. You know, when I was when I was a kid, when when I was when I when I got into music, I got into music very early when I was a kid, and I, you know, I I I'd, I'd save up my paper round money, yeah, go into the into town on a Saturday, not every Saturday because I couldn't afford it, but I'd go in on the bus, I'd go in, I'd buy my my vinyl album, you know, I I look through the through the racks and racks of vinyl and like pick out new bands and think, oh, you know, and you know, how, how I discovered Van Halen one, you know, I was literally looking through the, the rack and, and the guy in the record shop knew me really well. And he said, he said, oh, this has just come in, you know, from some American band. And I just like the look of the cover. I thought these guys look like they can rock. Yeah. Took it home, put it on and went, holy shit. <laughs> but you know, I remember going home on the bus and you'd open up the album, you'd be able to look at the pictures and the sleeve notes and the lyrics. And, and it was a tangible, as you say, and you're exactly right, it was a tangible product. You could hold, you, you paid for it, you could hold it in your hands, you felt like you had something for your money and something that was going to be with you for your lifetime. Yeah. Whereas an MP3 it doesn't have a physical appearance. It doesn't have any... You know what I mean? There's yeah. no, there's nothing there. Yeah, I think it was like because because you could get it for free. I think that's what really cheap it. You know, because nothing event. You know, if anything's free, like I mean, it's obvious it has no value. You know, mm. you give something away for free. You know, generally it's it has there's no value in it. Um, you know, there's no such thing as a rare MP3 as such. You know, unless it was no. a song you recorded and lost. <laughs> but, you know, it's not like you, you could pick up, you know, uh, uh, you go on eBay and someone's selling the MP3, a rare MP3. Yeah. You know, you could get on there, you could pick up that rare, like, misprinted vinyl or this misprinted CD or whatever, you know, whatever run it was, um, discontinued, yeah. you know, yeah. front covers and whatnot. Um, 
but yeah no it was just it was just like like not having the value in it initially like it, obviously it came out as a format and it was great because you could get like thousands of songs in your pocket which was you know that was that was very co- like convenient not that you'd listen to all those thousands of songs but before it was a large tape like cd walkman or a tape player or anything like that um that was attached like on your belt buckle you know yeah yeah and of course, the thing is with vinyl is that it's the, the thing is with vinyl is it's the only true medium with uh, you know unlimited unlimited bit quality. I mean, when I when I record here, like everybody else, I record in twenty four bit, mm. but CD only plays up to sixteen bit because yeah. everything's compressed. So you do lose a lot of quality even going from the master to CD. When you go from CD to MP three, you are losing an uh, amazing oh. amount. Yeah. quality you know even a good quality cd is something like a 320 um kb um mp3 you're still losing like a massive amount of quality whereas when you put on a vinyl that is truly un- it's, it's uncompressed it is the best that you're going to hear it and people are going to say yeah but you've got the scratches and you've got the thing well yeah you do but in our genre of music you're hardly going to hear the odd scratch yeah <laughs> in the gaps between the songs so I don't think it's a, a major problem no it's um, not <laughs> but you know it, 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 it's quality and and the tangibility of owning it that I think is going to bring it back if anything is going to bring it back it's going to be that yeah you know? no, definitely I mean I know I've had people here that, 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 are, that are 20 30 years younger than me that have come over to my place and I've had an album on and they've gone Jesus, I've never noticed. I, I've listened to that album a billion zillion times. I've never noticed that bit. That sound is so good, you know. And it, yeah. I'm going, well, it's vinyl. It's, it's you, you won't hear it better. Yeah, you know that's because you're going to hear it. Yeah. So um, and I think yeah, I think if anything, I think you're right, and I think if anything is going to save it, it's going to be that. Definitely, definitely. Well, um, what I'd like to know because we almost touched on it during that last bit about vinyl and everything. But um, if you could, um, like, uh, pinpoint three albums that really kind of like um, got you into the position you are today. So the one that kind of made you want to pick up a guitar, the one that made you wanted to do do music, you know, things like that. What? Why would you sort of place those? Oh, um, I probably wouldn't be able to put them in order. Oh, no, that's fine. Just three albums I'm after. Not three any... albums that, that launched me on my path. The first one would definitely be, without a shadow of a doubt, Queen 2. Oh, nice. Um, the first the first time I actually heard a stereo system, a proper stereo system, because I had a mono record player, we were four. <laughs> um, and so I was lucky to have that, you know. Um a friend of mine, his uh, father um, was quite well off. He owned a, a stereo, and his elder brother had just gone out and bought Queen Two. It had only just been released. Yeah. And uh, I was over at his house, and his brother put on, you know, the, side black and side white um, on that album, and he put on side side black. And the first track was over about, and this and this kind of jet noise at the beginning sweeps from left to right, and then this guitar riff comes thundering in with the drums and the and the vocals, and I just literally sat there and went fuck this is what i want to do nice. i want to do this i don't know how to do it but i want to do it Very so nice. that would definitely be number one Excellent. um i think number i think again in no order of preference but i think it would be it's a difficult one it's so difficult three <laughs> uh, it, it would be either led zeppelin two okay or dark side of the moon would okay. be 
that would be there. And definitely Jailbreak by St. Lizzie would be there. Yeah, nice. That's a good one. That, I like that. Kind of four, but I really can't make up my mind between Led Zeppelin 2 and, and Dark Side of the Moon because I played them both to death. I, I wore both of those albums out completely. Yeah. Yeah, no, same here. I've got I've got both those on vinyl still. Um, sort of probably I think they are dated back near around then, probably the second press or whatever. But um, yeah, no, yeah. I, I wore out Dark Side of the Moon a few times. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've actually, actually got two copies of that now. I've got the copy that I never play on sort of heavy duty vinyl, which is never ever going to be played, and then I've got the, the copy that I play. So cheap uh. two copies. Yeah, no, I I tend to pick up the cheapest, like the secondhand one in in the records, like the sort of general record store. Um, that's where I've kind of gone to because I can get them, you know, between sort of like you know five and ten pounds if I need a copy. Mm. You know, I've got a copy on CD as well if I want it. You know, and and I've yeah. always wanted like you know some of their other albums they've done like with the quadraphonic sound and stuff like that. But I've never had a system to like actually play that sort of stuff. So no, that's that's the problem, isn't it? It's yeah. all pretty well quadraphonic but if you haven't got a quadraphonic system it's kind of a bit wasted it is it is but you know the the effort's there and and one of my friends had a like a surround sound system so i managed to actually listen to some of it and it is it like it's it's the same sort of effect that the queen 2 album had on you that had on me it was just like hearing like just like uh, the bell ringing around you or or the bee buzzing around you and stuff like that and it's like this is just it's incredible it is it is and you, you don't get that these days i don't think you know on the scale of that, anyway. No, no, that's true. Yeah. A lot of the, that is, you know, that's one of the things about it. the other thing about you know the digital side of music is it's great for me because you know I can I've I've got my own studio running on a 2015 iMac. Yeah, um, able to do amazing stuff with that. Whereas back in the day, um, you know, you were limited. I mean. It, uh, it, it, when it really broke through to 24 tracks, you still only had 24 tracks to work with. Yeah. <laughs> and so back to the original copies of, of stuff, um, and I'm fortunate enough to um, have access to a, to a few of those. Bohemian Rhapsody, for example, there's um, where everything should be assigned to a track. They've had to, to put all sorts of things on all kinds of different tracks. You know, one track will start off as a backing vocal track, and then there's a guitar solo in the middle of it because of space. Mm. Yeah. Um, but and, but the other good thing about that uh, about that time was that you know if you wanted a sound on an album like like Floyd with Money or you know Time, you had to go and fight. You had to go and literally physically record those sounds. You had to make those sounds from yeah. something. Yeah. Whereas now you can sample stuff, you can download stuff. You know, it, it, in a lot of ways, it was a much more creative time because those people had to had to create those things from nothing you know yeah so um it's it's yeah, yeah. No, I just I, I miss that kind of like you know that 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 creative process. I mean, there are still some artists that go out there and record, you know, the wind flowing around a, a flower kind of stuff, like getting those sort of sample yeah. sounds and stuff like that, which is great. But there was none of that yeah. kind of ingenuity of like um, Zeppelin, like or whoever, like um, recording their drums on a staircase um, or throwing <laughs> the drums down the stair. You know, stuff like that. The, the stuff of legend that you hear. Um, yeah. yeah stories that you hear that you know you think wow you know that that's that's incredible yeah um yeah. and now you can synthesize those sounds which is amazing as well so just a, a quick side though we when we did um a thousand men strong mm. um 
which is a, a, a seven, eight years ago, something like that. Um, we worked with um, Chris Sangaradis was the producer. Okay. And he was telling us that the, the Judas Priest track, Metal Gods, to get the clanking sound of the kind of robotic Metal Gods thing, they were out in the kitchen dropping the cutlery tray on the floor and recording it. Ah. <laughs> you know, Amazing. and it's stuff like that. It's yeah. just an interesting little, you know, you think, wow, you know. Yeah. That's amazing. That I'm going yeah. to keep that one as well because I, I hadn't heard that one and I like Judas Priest. So, was, <laughs> yeah. Apparently, Metal Gods, I'm sure it's the track Metal Gods. There's, there's some clanking going on in, in, in it or at the beginning of it and it was the, the cutlery tray that was uh, recorded and then doctored and played around with to get a kind of a clanky That's amazing. metal sound. I love that. I love that. Um, well, my final question for you, Andy, is, is what hobbies do you have away from music? I know you kind of like you know, when you're not with Tokyo Blade or in your studio, is there anything else that you do? Learning. Learning. Just, I love to learn. Um, I, I duffed my way through school, um, unfortunately, because the minute I got into playing guitar, that was all I was interested in. I, I skipped every lesson. Mm. And, when, and the lessons I went to, I just, I was the class clown and I just asked about and, and did jack shit, really. Um, so these days I, I, I love to, to learn. I'm very keen on, um, physics. I'm very keen on philosophy, things like that. I don't tend to understand, uh, you know, all of it or, yeah. you know, not a large part of it when it comes to sort of string theory and, you know, quantum physics, it, you know, it takes some, takes some kind of, <laughs> uh, some serious thinking to get your head around it. But, um, but I love learning about that and natural history. Yeah. Um, you know, so, yeah, that would be, I think, my other main passion. That's really um, good. That's like learning. I always sort of say to people that because in my sort of like day job, I encounter people that don't need or feel they don't need to learn anymore. Uh, I work in a sort of technical sort of like job role, but people have like, oh, I don't want to learn anymore. Can you just do this for me? Um, mm. and I've always found I've never said it to a customer, but I've always found that once you stop learning that's it. What, what are you doing? You know, um, yeah. you know, cause like you, I, I kind of like, you know, I, I sort of made my way through school, but it wasn't something that I was like enthralled with. And, you know, I sort no. of like had a lot of like other distractions or other passions at the time. And, um, yeah. and, and, and like, since then I've, you know i i read a lot more than i used to i'm i'm learning more you know obviously you know i've got a family so i'm helping my kids learn as well so it's 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 sort of like passing that on and they're very kind of receptive to learning uh which is really good a lot more receptive than i was <laughs> which is great you know and i you know like like i said i'm reading more i'm writing more i'm doing things like this sort of producing you know uh, this podcast this radio show this you know i dj on a regular basis and all that kind of stuff i did before we were sort of shut down um, <laughs> um but you know all things like that and and there's always aspects that i'm always sort of picking up and and i don't want to stop learning no, I, I, I totally, I totally get that, and um, I'm exactly the same. You know, during this, this, um, I mean, I've been off of work for about eight weeks now, mm. and um, you know, I, I'll sit here and I'll watch stuff on all the stuff I'm interested in. But at the same time, I'll, I'll practice, yeah. and that's because I want to do new things on guitar. I want to do, you know, I listen back to things I've done, and think, oh, I've done that, I've done that, I've done that. Let's do something new. So, you know, I've been working on. Um, um, alternate picking, um, and I've kind of tripled the speed that, that I can alternate pick at. Oh, nice! Just because I've sat here with the guitar in my hands, 
you know, just literally on autopilot, just doing stuff like that to bring some new techniques into my playing. So, yeah. I, you know, you, you, you're never too old to learn, and there's there's so much to learn. It's a big world. Oh, it totally is. I mean, last year I set myself a challenge um, to do I because I, I'm a like a vinyl DJ. I, I sort of I do the sort of scratch performance DJ as well, uh, the sort of hip hop mm-hmm. side of things. You know, beat juggling, scratching noises. Um, and um, last year I set myself like to produce a video every day of me doing that for like half a minute two minutes whatever uh and i posted them all online um but you know it it was uh, by the end of it watching that first video watching the sort of like coming up to the last video the sort of the the accuracy and speed and like sort of finesse i guess of doing it um you know and it is you once you start when you sit down and do it like every evening i was doing this and um you know and it just sort of astounded me that i got back to a level where i kind of left it at um because i was sort of doing it back when i was younger then i stopped for a long time um like probably a good sort of almost seven to ten years or so and then like as as i sort of got back into it got my turntables out of storage it yeah it just sort of you're amazing like how quickly or you know how much you do progress in you know relatively short time like looking at these videos that i produced i could see where the improvements started to sort of kick in and it's amazing like some of the things i can do now i couldn't do back when I was doing it before, you know. No, absolutely. You know, in two months, you know, as I say, I've, I've tripled the speed that I can alternate pick at because I've always been a very legato player. Yeah. Um, really got into to you know speed picking. And I thought, you know, let's try it. This whatever you know, there's there's I've got time on my hands. That's the thing that I find incredible is the people that go, oh, I just don't know what to do with myself. And you're like, my God, you're living in an age where you can learn anything. Go on YouTube, learn to cook, yeah. learn learn a new language. Do something constructive with your fucking time. Yeah, you've got you've got you've got a hundred year old guy walking up and down his garden raising fuck knows how many millions for the <laughs> NHS. Yep, you know. If he can do that, you can do something. Maybe you can't raise millions for the agent. You're not going to raise anything, but do it for yourself. Yeah. You know, find something to do. do to learn something. Learn a new skill. You know, nothing. You're never, it's never too late. And it's always good to have those skills. You yeah. never know when you're going to never, you know, even if you don't, you could, at least it's something you've accomplished. You've done it, you know? Yeah, exactly. But, Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Coming out the other side of this, what we're going through right now, and and not saying that everyone should like do something if they don't feel like doing it, don't do it. But don't complain about not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, if you want to lie about all day watching TV, fine. That's yeah. that's great. I don't have a problem with that at all. But don't whine about it. You know, if if don't say, don't come up with that. Oh, I don't know what to do with myself. Find something to do. Yeah. Yeah, find you know, something that you used to be like, you know, what you used to be into. And that's what I've kind of done. I found yeah. a few things that I used to be into. And I'm like, well, let's revisit that. Let's go there. And I have done. Oh. I've, 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 you know, um, I've, I've created something from it. So it's just kind of like just just sort of finding something between because i'm quite fortunate with my work they're they're paying me to be at home um thankfully i've not been furloughed or anything like that but it's it, you know i've got that like during the day to sort of keep my mind active they're giving us training stuff like that which is awesome um but no between the like the rest of the time between like family time and stuff i've sort of developed other hobbies 
like I used to have when I was sort of 20 years younger that I kind of revisited and, you know, and sort of picking up and picking up new things. Like there's a load of free courses online and stuff that I'm doing. Like Open University, I've got some like basic courses on various subjects. Um, all right cool and i've taken up like i've started the they've, they've got a creative writing one so i'm doing that to kind of like bolster my storytelling um abilities brilliant. and stuff like that so brilliant yeah but there's, i mean there's plenty of resource plenty of resource for everyone so yeah that's it you know we've yeah. got the internet use exactly it, you know you know use it to your advantage learn to do something yeah um it's all there. You know, there'll be somebody somewhere on YouTube showing you how to strip down a Cortina engine to, <laughs> you know, plant, plant bulbs in the garden. To, you know, it's just all there, yep. you know. Yep, um, totally. So, yeah, go looking for it. Do something. Yeah. Um, if not, and you just, you're just happy sitting around watching TV, well, that's fine. It's fine, yeah. No. Binge that TV show. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, Andy, thank you very much, man. I really appreciate this chat we had. Um, Thank I really you. appreciate your time in doing this and everything as well. I really do. Thank you very much. Thanks for taking the time. Oh, no worries. Um, stay safe. And um, I hope to speak to you very soon. Yes, definitely. And hopefully once this thing kicks out, uh, I'll be able to see you guys live as well. That's my next sort of like, you know, once we oh, sort of get past this. So. Come, and, come and find me and we'll, we'll, we'll have a beer or two. All right, awesome. Thank you very much, Andy. Thanks, Benjamin. Cheers. Cool. Have a good one, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.